What up, what up, what up? What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Posts. Kyle and Everett here. And uh, Everett, how have you been doing? Oh, man, just killing it. It's another week. Fourth of July weekend was dope. Um, we're cruising through and trying to get gear going. So I don't think it could get much better than that. Next week, we got the uh, first ever Between Two Posts Roller Goalie School, Inline Goal School. Ooh. So that's uh, I'm pretty pumped for that. You know, the first of uh, hopefully many moving forward. But yeah. uh, outside of that, man, things have been good. Weather's good. You know, been able to get outside, hang out. Ankles getting like a little bit better. I actually went and skated. I coached yesterday. Oh, um, okay. On the ice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was the first time I was able to put a, my foot. Well, the first time I've skated in forever. But uh, I was able to get my foot in a, in a player skate because when I coach, as a goalie coach, I wear player skates because I got <laughs> stees and I can fly. Uh but anyways, well, yeah, it's goal. As we've learned from uh, a bunch of the guys we've interviewed, goalie coaching is all about scoring goals. Absolutely, I mean that's that's common theme. And, if you're not scoring and what goals, are you, you going to score more goals in in goalie skates or player skates? Exactly. That's the whole thing. But I mean, on a serious note, like, so I'm working with a 2011. Yeah. I don't have other shooters there, so when you're doing a lot of the work and you're trying to work on, like, I think at that age you're trying to get kids to really f- follow up. So you make the first save, but there's going to be a second if the puck's loose or yeah. if there's a chance at a rebound, you got to try and play the rebound for these kids. So that way they learn, like you got to have a sense of urgency. We got to eat things up. So in player skates, I can get around a lot better. And I think, I think it's a better way to do it, but hundred um, percent. But anyways, yeah, the ankle felt good, man. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. What's, uh, what's going on in your neck of the woods, Florida? Uh, actually we're setting records right now. I think we are the highest in the U S for coronavirus cases. Uh, so, you know, just making the state proud. Um, no, it's kind of, I don't know, weather's nice, but it's kind of scary down here with just like classic Florida, you know, we don't really actually speaking of which, so I I drove back this, well, all right, I got to reel it in, reel it in here, buddy. Let's go. This is a, it all connects. So every, everything goes back to this interview being with Parker Milner. On, in our interview, we talked about um, uh, Asheville, North Carolina came up because he said it's like his favorite food place. I was actually there this past week. We'll fast forward a little bit. On the way back home from Asheville, Florida has their like coronavirus border check. Like, I don't wait, know. Wait, you guys, wait, 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 what? Yeah, that's what I'm trying, trying to get to, but I wanted to like kind of involve everything. So, okay. The, at the once you cross the Florida state line, they they shut down the highway and they single file you into one lane, and it you like go through the like one of those like uh, travel rest stops or whatever, and they stop like each individual car, and they have like police officers there stopping you, and like they um, obviously I had like Florida plates and stuff and like Florida ID, so they just ask like you know where are you going, where are you coming from. So I got through easy, but I'd assume like if you're from out of state or coming from New York, they probably do some more tests or questions or something. I don't know. What? But it did it did add like two hours to my drive. I was gonna say, dude, sitting in, in a line like that had to have been awful. It sucked. It sucked because also that's like the last stretch of the drive. So I'm thinking, oh sweet, like I'm you know, two and a half hours from home. This is easy. And then all of a sudden it turned into like four or five hours more but gross um, now who was in the car you and your brother uh no so it was actually just me and my girlfriend driving back my brother flew out to west point earlier from, so he's there now he from got Asheville? he flew home from Asheville and then flew from tampa to new york oh wow which is actually kind of funny too because i guess there's a travel ban from tampa to or florida and new york but he has um <laughs> Because of his military like clearance or whatever, he has government clearance, right? Yeah, he got to yeah he bypassed the system, which is kind of cool. But hey, how soon to, until Chris finds out about aliens? Oh man, I thing is he'll be the whistleblower, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. He will. He'll let everyone know. He's oh uh, man, least, that's gonna be us. that's this, I, maybe maybe our podcast will be the ones to to really break the news that aliens are real. Just tell him he's got to get photos and videos. Without photo and video evidence, it's he, he can yeah. talk so much. So, yeah. But um, huge thanks to Parker Miller for the uh, suggestions. He he mentioned a couple of restaurants up there. Is 
actually a unreal food town and some cool shopping and just cool stuff to do. And I've, I'm actually not an outdoor person at all, but I had fun. So I'm glad yeah, we can tell <laughs> you make it very blatantly obvious. But with that being said, were you able to uh, impress your lady with uh, all the cool spots you were found? And you just kind of came up with like, oh, no, no, I knew about this. I Googled this one, right? <laughs> um, Actually, she it's she like lives there. It's like her, her summer house there. So she kind of knew the spots. I was just kind of long for the ride. I think I like maybe mentioned some stuff, but she knew like where we needed to go. But so, so at the end of the day, you were probably walking in like, oh yeah, yeah. Like I totally found this one. Like I guess their uh, their fish tacos are really good. And she's like, no, you don't get fish tacos here. You're <laughs> I've been here. This is my this is my town. Yeah, I just I wasn't uh, I wasn't a leader on that trip. I just kind of went where people told me to go. But it was good. I mean. I honestly didn't have like any outdoor shoes. I don't know if that makes sense. Like all my sneakers are like indoor sneakers. Like I wouldn't wear them hiking in the woods and mud. So it was kind of eye opening for me. But yeah, you got to have something that's uh, that's a little bit more rugged when you're going through the backwoods like that. Yeah. Well, l- luckily Chris had an extra pair of army boots, so I was all set. I looked like a pro out there. Oh man, just dialed in. Always, yeah. always rocking that steez, right? So yeah, I did want to touch on though. NHL's obviously made a lot of big announcements since we last recorded. So I don't know if you've seen they announced the two hub cities, Edmonton and Toronto. Kind of sucks if you're in Edmonton. Not gonna lie, I don't, I don't think that's even fair. I mean, at the same time though, they're playing in the bubble, so it's not like they can leave. Yeah, um, but I think it's kind of cool just to see that hockey still has hope because it's you know it's it's crazy seeing nba has had some issues with their bubble and it's i'm i'm ready to see what happens so i haven't followed the nba but hopefully those issues aren't too serious because i mean every day that i'm on instagram for the vaughn stuff like you just scroll through and you see oh you know we do have three cases another team posts oh we found this we found that like i'm i'm very leery about this but so on the other That's, side, I do hope things get off the ground and uh, like we get to see some hockey. Ideally, that'd be the, the the best situation, obviously. I'm just a little skeptic. So Yeah, I think that's the, the issue right now is that the, the cases, there's no way to really – I, I, I think they, they definitely know what's going to happen because if the plan is once a guy gets it, either that guy or like that team is – you know, has to quarantine. There's no way they can do it. Um, yep. And there's going to be cases. Cause I think NBA had something or NHL even announced they're up to like 40 something guys who have tested positive since uh, like this restart happened. So, I mean, to me, that seems kind of high. Yeah. Considering aren't that looking good, considering that number. No, not at all. Um, but not only that, there's a lot of issues. I don't know if you've seen a lot of guys have uh, said they're going to opt out of uh like returning which you can't really blame guys they have families and you know it's not really the nhl playoffs but who knows <laughs> who knows oh man life's tough life's weird it's uh it's like you know the world 2.0 kind of thing everything's changed we got a new update but yeah Good news is, Kyle, we got a sick interview, like you said, lined up with Parker Milner. So Parker had played uh, pro for a good amount of years in the coast. He had a killer college career, and now he's going to be writing an article um, within the city of Charleston. He he went from dream job to dream job. He played pro hockey for you know a decent amount of time, and then went into now he's a a food critic, right, or food reviewer. Yeah, I mean, he, he writes on the insides and outs of food in the area in the city, which is an unbelievable job. So, so hockey and food. Yep. I don't think it gets any better than that, huh? No, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> you guys got a tough life, tough life. <laughs> so let's uh, let's send it over to Parker, and then we'll catch you guys after. Between two posts today, standing at a stunning six-foot even, hailing from the beautiful city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, recently voted Charleston's best local athlete. It is Parker Milner. How are you, Parker? Good. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Oh, we're, uh, that's a, we're 
very grateful to have you. That's a pretty big accomplishment. The voted best local athlete. I don't think any of our other guys have had that. <laughs> yeah, I was up against uh, a surfer and <laughs> a guy that does CrossFit. Um, so I was uh, there. I'd say both definitely better athletes than me. So I'll um, I'll take uh, I'll take it when I can get it. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. The only question would be though: Are they pro? Uh, I believe so. I didn't. Uh, I didn't do too much digging. I wasn't really. Uh, I didn't really have time to kind of self promote around town. But um, I'm, I'm sure they're pretty legit. So you're going to tell me there was no Parker Milner campaign for this? <laughs> uh, th- there might have been outside. Maybe I had my hand in it uh, from behind the scenes. But he he put a little uh, section in the paper, just hype pumping his own tires. Yeah. Well, it is the paper I write for is, is what I wanted. And so I guess there's kind of some, uh, some bias there that, that goes into it, but. Absolutely. So, yeah. So the other thing uh, I want to bring up is the six foot. Is that actually six feet or is that like five eleven and eight tenths? It's actually six feet and a quarter. Um, so I've, I've given myself six one before. So they, they um, round so. down for you. Yeah, I guess so. For a while, they were giving me like 197 too, and I think I'm uh, 175 soaking wet. So uh, I think the, the ECHL has got to update their <laughs> some of their uh, their stats. But. We're gonna have to get the commissioner on the line and get that changed up for you. Yeah, I don't yeah, I'd appreciate that. I'd appreciate that. Yeah, once your names go up, goes up in the record books, we got to make sure <laughs> the st- statistics are correct. Um, with that being said, Parker, that's where we want to start. The last four years, you played a majority of games in Charleston, and it seems now, obviously, you took a job uh, writing in Charleston. Are you, are you thinking this is going to be home for a little bit now? Yeah, um, I I love it here. This is uh, this was the biggest thing that happened in my professional hockey career. Uh, Mitch Korn, who I worked with my entire childhood, um, I had obviously stayed in contact with them, but um, in terms of kind of helping me get a deal, um, my first couple of years, he, he kind of stayed out of it. Um, and then my fourth year, he basically got me uh, got me in with the Hershey Bears, and that really changed everything. Um, I've loved living in the city. It's got amazing people. Um, obviously, the weather's great, but uh, the food scene is really what drew me in. And um, that's what my next career is going to be, which is pretty cool. Um, I also met my fiance here, so I think it will be home at least for the next year. Um, and then uh, I think we're going to kind of figure some things out, but, um, definitely, definitely I will always have a special place in my heart. That's awesome. Now you dropped a pretty legendary name there and there, Mitch Korn. So you're, you're uh, one of the children of the corn, huh? I am. Yep. I, uh, started when I was nine years old. So, no way. um, I am dating myself, but that would have been in 1999. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I worked, uh, I worked with Mitch at, at his guy. We would go for like two weeks every summer. And then after that, I hopped on with Chris Economo, who, uh, was Mitch's main guy at those camps back in the day. And then he opened up his own training facility in Philadelphia, uh, that, we, I would go there a couple times every summer and he would just absolutely bag me. Uh, it was fun, <laughs> frustrating, but uh, I would always do it. Uh, I would do it usually two or three times throughout the summer and then once right before the year to, to get me right into things. Um, so. Absolutely. Now, where did you run into Mitch at the, like, when did you, what city did you start with him at? Was it out East, I guess? Uh, so my rookie year I was uh, with the, Islanders organization. So between Bridgeport and at that time, Stockton Thunder was uh, their ECHL team, believe it or not. So I was flying across the country. Um, And then my second year, I was uh, with the Quad City Mallards in the ECHL. And then my third year, I went back with Bridgeport and they were with Kansas City then. So that was a little bit, a little bit better. And then uh, somewhere in the spring after my season with uh, Bridgeport and Kansas City had had a pretty good year, and Mitch reached out and asked uh, if if I'd want to be kind of the number five guy in the Hershey organization, and uh, worked out. No, absolutely. Um, so, with all those years, you've known Mitch quite some time. 
and everyone he's known for his kind of like quirky he's always innovating how he trains um i'd say compared to a lot of goalie coaches he might be a little bit more loose in the way he approaches things so having dealt with him for so long what are one of the things that you think helped your guys's relationship and help him develop you as a goaltender moving forward yeah he's he is loose off the ice and he's easy to get along with but man when you're on the ice with him it's all business he's really you know i i remember i i used to go to his camps and they were in they're intense even as like a 12 year old he's he's yelling at kids and that's you know that's how he gets the most out of people and kind of the ones that get through those are way better off than if you know somebody would have just kind of babied him through it and then i hadn't skated with him in gosh probably 10 years and uh i'll never forget that first washington capitals training camp that i went to and i guess it would have been 2016 and the goalie session it's just like he's yelling at shooters he's goalies are in and out it's it's a little bit chaotic but it it gets you it gets you into it and and he expects a lot and i think that's why he he gets a lot out of uh his goaltenders absolutely so he is so because everyone i think on the public eye you see him from a little bit more on the off ice stuff he's a little bit more loose he's a very relaxed guy but that's funny to hear he's so you know intense and drives a really hard skate for you guys which is awesome um yeah but then i wanted to dial it back too i mean you had some stellar years at bc boston college unbelievable school and it's obviously a goalie factory I know you were the you crossed time with John Muse, right? Yeah, correct. Okay, so I think yeah. that was your freshman year that you guys had won, and then you picked up a huge tournament run where you walked away with MVP All Tournament Team in 2011-12, right? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was kind of a breakout year, I guess. Um, it kind of hit a rough patch in the middle, and actually didn't play for a while, and then they they threw me back in and. Um, I think we rattled off 19 straight and ended up winning. So that was uh, one of those moments in in a hockey career that you just know you're never going to be able to replicate, no matter how hard you try. But um, it's it's so cool to look back and just think, try to think about how I was feeling. Um, you know, when I was kind of playing so well, better than I, better than it's it's those streaks that you know, Jonathan Quick from the Stanley Cup, you know, five, ten years ago, you know, those streaks that you see goalies do. And it was, I feel really fortunate to have um, kind of found that that zone for, for that period of time. So Absolutely. that year was in Tampa, right? Yeah, that's where where the Frozen Four was. Okay. Yeah, I think I think I was there, actually. I watched you play that thing. It was a, it was a pretty crazy tournament. I mean, I remember you played out of your mind that whole – that whole uh, weekend there. So it's definitely can't even imagine what it was like to be playing those games. Yeah, it was a special time. And I mean, I, I have to uh, mention some of the guys on my team that year. I mean, we had Brian Dumoulin, Tommy Cross, Phil Samuelson on the, on the blue line. And then at forward, we had like um, Chris Kreider, Kevin Hayes, um, Billy Arnold. Steve Whitney, Johnny Goodrow, like we, Paul Carey, we were just absolutely stacked. Um, and it was a really fun group of guys to win with. That is a gross lineup right there. Yeah, it was, it was insane. I think, I think Kevin Hayes was on our third line. Like it was, it was nuts. Um, so <laughs> that's too funny. Um, now I got a good goalie question for you here. You mentioned you kind of like you could call it the sophomore slump, right? Year two wasn't playing as many games. Maybe kind of like you lost your net and you're coming back into junior year and you want to get it back and you just went on a complete tear. Do you remember anything that you did really differently or the way you approached the year to get such a huge bounce back going into your junior year? Uh, I think I just kind of let go of the expectations at Boston College. It is a lot when you're following up John Muse and before that Corey Schneider and all of a sudden you're handed the reins and uh, you haven't really won anything yourself yet and and it's a lot of pressure and I think once I once I kind of let go of that um, and just kind of appreciated the fact that I got to be the starting goalie at Boston College I think I was that was when I was able to loosen up and and really have success. 
No, absolutely. One of those positions where you can kind of relax and, you know, you've been there for, you know, you're going into your third year, you know what it's like, and there's nothing crazy. There's nothing unexpected that can really jump out at you. And you, you kind of shake off the nerves at that point, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. So the other thing I want to bring up while you're at BC was you had a ridiculously sick set of uh, the Pulse graphic Vons. I think that was your senior year, maybe? Uh, yeah, so sophomore year I had like the weird iceberg thing, and then senior year I had, yeah, like the classic setup with the BC logo at the top. Yeah, um, those, were, those were clean. Yeah, I don't I, – I mean, I've, you guys know you can't keep all your gear, but uh, that set that set I definitely uh, definitely hung on to, and, and the junior year ones as well. So. For sure. It's got to be a must-have. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, while we're on the topic, then I kind of wanted to ask about um, – I don't know if you remember your year in uh, Stockton. What was up with the upside-down blocker graphic? I don't know. That was, uh, I guess that's just your classic ECHL, uh, kind of equipment, uh, equipment error there. Um, yeah, I don't know what, what the deal was with that. I think I might've been wearing, uh, gosh, I hate to even admit this, but I think I was wearing CCM that year. Um, and they, that was, so that was the first year that, um, they switched the pad regulations. So not only did I have a backwards blocker, but I had, I was wearing 37s at BC and the Jesus year after Christ. I had to, I had to go into 33s in CCMs and I was just getting roasted in my five hole. And I called up Scotty, I think halfway through the year. And I was like, I don't know why I'm wearing these CCMs, but I got to get out of them. And Vaughn got me into some, 35s that that were actually my size i think ccm just fit me wrong and um it made such a difference but those 33s were just yeah. absolutely miserable ev have you seen the picture yeah they're gross oh, the the upside oh, down ones? oh you're talking about the blocker yeah i saw that it was uh it was one of those kind of you know it's the uh, every cent help league, you know, blunder, right? It happens <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it sure does <laughs> actually a funny story with uh that happened at BC is, um, my glove that junior year, um, they, I got a new glove right in the middle of the year. And for whatever reason, they messed it up. It, uh, I've always worn a CCM glove. And so it was CCM again, and they put a green stripe on it. No. And so, um, and we go on to win the national championship with the green stripe on the glove. And so the next year I'm like, I have to get the green stripe and, it doesn't work as it doesn't work as well, but still, I go into my rookie year and I'm like, "Well, I got to get this dumb green stripe again." It's like good luck, and so I sign with the Islanders and I do my pad design. And the equipment guy calls me and he's like, "What's the deal with it? Did you like mess up your colors?" And I was like, "No, I I do this green stripe." And uh, the guy was like, "Oh, that's cool. Um, I have to call up Garcino and ask permission." And I was just like, "All right, um, I, I think uh, I think I'm I'm all set." Uh, and that's kind of when I uh, that's when I let go of the green stripe. So yeah, that's uh, that's definitely a tough one to get by Bogsy because you had Bogsy at the time with the Islanders, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, I like how he handled that. So <laughs> got me out of that phase. And those are before the pad wrap days too. So you were just out of luck if they put the wrong color on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you break out the Sharpie or you do the uh, the old school where you sand down. I remember this. People used to sand down yeah. the leather and then they'd give it a little touch of spray paint and you'd have to, or maybe maybe not spray, but you could maybe brush it on. But you would try to do that material paint and uh, man, that never looked good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely tough. Now, my next question here, and me and Scotty were trying to figure it out. He obviously knew you. He's known you the longest for forever. But how long were you in Pitt before you guys ended up moving uh, to New York? Uh, so I was there until I was 16. And then oh. I went to um, Avon Old Farms for my junior year. And then my senior year was with Waterloo Blackhawks in the USHL. Okay. So and my family, uh, I want to say they moved um, maybe about 10 years ago. So a little after that, once uh, my, my little sisters were still in school, once they uh, graduated. 
they moved as well. Okay, so you did end up growing up in Pittsburgh because yeah, the one thing Scotty had to ask is, are you still a Pittsburgh Steeler fan? I am still a Pittsburgh Steeler fan, and uh, I I hold a special place in my heart for the Capitals. But now that I'm retired, I can say that I'm still a uh, still a Pittsburgh Penguins fan as well. <laughs> um, and my one of my best friends plays with them too, but. Um, yeah, I love the Steelers, but for me, the Penguins, like, that was my childhood. We had season tickets um, pretty much up until I until I moved away. My dad and I would literally go to 40 games a year. So, um, oh, wow. uh, yeah. So you were uh, you were a big-time hockey family then. You got to watch yeah. uh, the Mew and everybody tear it up, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had uh, – yeah, uh, the, the power pole near is, like, Martin Straka and Kovalev on the point, and then like Lemieux, Yager, and uh, Jan Herdina or something on, on as forwards. And it was just like we had some legendary teams we got to watch. And then towards the end, uh, was really bad. Like the three years before I moved, it was right before we got Crosby, and those were some dark days. But um, most <laughs> most of it was good. Yeah, there's. I mean, everyone's going through those slumps, and you know, yep. you can only be so good for so long, and being a kid from Detroit, it's pretty tough watching the wings now, but Hey, they're yeah, gonna yeah. it's a rebuild, you know, it's a rebuild yeah. come back around. Um, my next question, Scotty wanted to find out, do you, can you still name the three rivers of Pittsburgh? Yeah. Ohio, Allegheny, Monongahela. Oh, wow. You, you ripped that right off. Yeah. Well, the Monongahela is uh, pretty much Brown. So, um, those, <laughs> I mean, actually all of them kind of are. So those are, uh, yeah, those are pretty synonymous with Pittsburgh. Um, because Scotty was having trouble remembering them, so I'm going to have to give him a hard time about that. Yeah, yeah. You're a true stealer. Um, and then what, he, was your, what was your experience at Avon like? Do you, have, do you like it there? Yeah, I did. I mean, to be honest, the, the prep school thing was a pretty big adjustment for me. It just very, very structured. And, uh, you know, I like school. I'm, it wasn't the school. It was um, – kind of a little stifling. I, uh, I found that when the USHL opportunity came up, I was, uh, definitely ready to hop on that. But, um, same thing at Avon. I just had this, we had this crazy good team for prep school. We had Cam Atkinson was on that team. Um, Pat Mullane, who I played with at BC, we had just like so many division one guys for a prep school team. And so to be on a really good team, uh, was a lot of fun. So it was, it was, uh, it was an interesting experience. Um, I think one year was definitely enough, but I it definitely helped me out along the way. For sure. Yeah. A lot of studs come out of that school, you know, uh, another big goalie from, uh, Avon, Jonathan quick as of late Spencer Knight's one of the big studs that have, uh, yeah. Come yeah. yeah. So they definitely know how to turn them out. Now, the last thing, uh, being a foodie now, Parker, and being from Pitt, I've never been to Pittsburgh, but the Primani brothers is like the end-all, be-all of Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, that's kind of like your classic uh, no-frill spot that it's really approachable for everyone, um, and, and it is really, really damn good. Um, you have to go to the original one downtown because, unfortunately, like with many popular things, they turn into little mini chains. I mean, there's even a Primani brothers in Hershey, uh, now, and I <laughs> can guarantee you that that one is not the same as the one in downtown. So that, that's the one downside, but the downtown one is, is legit for sure. Well, it's funny you brought that up because we got one in Michigan. Well, we have two in Michigan. We got one down river and then there's one out in Novi. So we also have it, but I haven't been out there yeah. yet. Yeah. But the way it sounds, I shouldn't even bother trying it until I get to downtown pit. Yeah. I, th- I think that's the play. So Absolutely. the other thing I kind of just came across this now, but on your um, mask for the stingrays, did you have places of food and like beverage on the side of it? Yeah. So the last two years, I uh, it's a combination of restaurants and uh, I think I got a brewery on there this year. Um, so just some of my favorite spots this year was. Uh, Fig is one of them, which stands for food is good. But uh, the chef's name is Mike Latta, and he's won a bunch of awards. It's probably probably the most uh, kind of classic Charleston, really, really, really solid fine dining restaurant. So that's one of them. Um, another one is this place called Daps 
they're actually Capitals fans and they have these cool, cool shirts that say DAPS on them, but with the Capitals logo and it's this funky breakfast joint. Um, it's, I, I can actually pretty much see it from my apartment here, but they no do a bunch of weird, uh, weird breakfast sandwiches. They've got like fruity pebble pancakes, all sorts of fun stuff. So, um, they actually do mimosas and like those Spanish pour on pitchers that you'll see people chugging in there. Um, <laughs> and then I got a barbecue place, home team barbecue and uh, revelry brewing, which is uh, my go-to brewery around here. So um, Dave, uh, Dave art who does my mask, he kind of uh, hologrammed them in on the side there. So they look pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. A lot of uh, passion about food. Then I guess it works well with your next adventure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm I'm excited about it. We can't skip over the fact that Kyle just said places of food when he couldn't think of the word restaurant. I gotta, yeah. gotta put that out there. Just you know, yeah. the food and beverage. When you when you're, yeah. when you're hungry, you go to a place they got food and you order it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep it simple. Yeah. It got I mean, everyone across. everyone knew what I was talking about though. Like places for food. You know. You, yeah. You said places of food, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, no, Parker, you spent, um, you've been seven years pro, correct? Correct. Yep. Okay, I messed that up before, so I gotta, yeah, I gotta verify every time. Now, and we talked, we just talked with Hildy, um, and you guys live your lives on the road. There's so much travel. I mean, in your, in your, uh, con- well, not conference, but your guys' division, it seems like things might be a little bit closer compared to like maybe the central. Or yeah. kind of move out west. So you, maybe your road trips aren't bad, but are you guys doing a lot of busing, or are you guys doing a little bit of flying both? Yeah, we we're pretty much all bus here. Aside when we do like a northern trip, we did mm-hmm. one this year to uh, what was it Worcester, Worcester, Maine, and then we actually went to Idaho. That was my last uh, last trip as a, a pro hockey player and i finally made it out there so um i was pumped about that but other than that when we're in the southeast uh we we bust around and actually our longest trip is only about nine hours to florida and we only do that uh once twice a year usually so um i i i mean four years you just get so used to the same places like you get into your comfort zone at certain ranks you go to your same well i like to mix it up but i definitely have some favorites restaurants on the road and uh there's kind of a sense of a comfort playing in the same division. I never thought I would be that old ECHL veteran that was saying <laughs> words like that. But um, by the end of it, I just got to the point where I was like, I can't play anywhere else in this league. I'm just, I like it. I'm too comfortable here and, and it, it just works too well. So um, it, 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 it's also nice to, you know, your road trips are in Florida half the time. So there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's a tough life getting off the bus in uh, the middle of January in a pair of shorts and maybe some like t- uh, tennis shoes and a t-shirt. Tough life. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah, that's uh, that's a tough way to go. Now, I just got to ask because you've been on a handful of road trips. Well, you've been on a lot of road trips. I mean, the nine-hour one to Florida has got to be the longest one. But you had to have seen some gnarly stuff on the road, like food-wise. Like you've seen some gross stuff. Can you remember the gnarliest, grossest thing you've ever had to see? Like you've seen someone eat or you've eaten? Yeah. Um, so we used to we used to do these trips where we would have we would have a three and three. So we played Friday, Saturday at home, and then we play at two o'clock on uh, on Sunday in Atlanta. But instead of going after the game Saturday night, we would sleep in our well sleep in our own beds until six in the morning, get get on the bus, drive five hours, get there at noon, and play the game. Um, and it was just the worst thing in the world. And we would have like three of them every year, and you'd just have to do it. And it was it was it was torture. But um, so one of them, I think we were late or something, and we like didn't stop at the normal place we would for food. And we stopped at uh, Shoney's it was called. I don't know if you guys have been to oh, Shoney's, yeah. but the barbecue like, place. Uh, it, well, maybe at night, but for breakfast, it was like this disgusting, greasy buffet um, <laughs> in like the middle of Georgia. And I mean, it was, uh, that was, that was the worst one I've had. I, I'd say I'm um, trying to shovel that in when you got a, 
play in Atlanta at two and then just turn around and come right back. So that, that was, that was my worst experience. But, uh, the good thing about everyone knowing that you're into food is, uh, the coaches would actually hear, they would not other places, but here they would kind of ask me like, Hey, what do you, where do you think we should stop? Especially Bergie this year. Cause he knows a bit of a snob about it. So, um, they, they hooked me up. <laughs> That's good. You get a little special perk being a vet at that point, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. The worst part of those buffets, though, especially when they're in the middle of nowhere, you guys are rolling up on the bus, you all load off and you walk in. And when you look at the food, you can tell it's been sitting there for hours because everything is solid on the top. And it's all just become like one mass in those little gross bins. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just a nightmare. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I definitely had some bad ones when I played in, in Quad City because we had uh, this old school coach who just did not give a shit about, (laughs) um, like what we were eating and that sort of thing. And, um, so I I definitely had some bad ones there, but I I can't remember them off the top of my head right now. That That was a long time ago. No, that's no problem. Um, but yeah, Parker, obviously now in today's day and age, you're a man of culture. I know you, uh, you know, your way around a brewery and probably a handful of different beers, but you spent, four years at BC, you're a college man. So what were you chugging back then when you were partying at BC? Yeah, I kind of laugh at myself because food too, I would just eat like whatever and so much of everything, but I guess that's every, um, every college athlete, but yeah, we were into, we were into the bush lights. I think, um, that was, and Bud Light was a treat. And I say that now and I've, uh, um, but yeah, I think between like the, the three cheap ones, Bush, Natty, Keystone, we were definitely, definitely in the Bush camp. So anything to save a couple bucks, right? I mean, that's all. Yeah, that oh is. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah. We had our debit cards with the, the monthly limits. Um, so yeah, the Bush lattes, it was as much was, as you can get for as cheap. Yeah. How was the BC dining hall back then? Cause I went, uh, probably a couple of years ago and it was probably some of the best dining hall food I ever tried. Yeah, you know, we were we were pretty lucky with that dining hall. Um, we had this one little place right by the rink called Hillside Cafe that was just such a go-to lunch spot. But really, everything, all the food was was really good. Um, we would we would go eat at like bars sometimes, but to be like during the week and everything, we were we were pretty much all um, all campus food, and it, it was really good. Well, you sound you, like you got pretty lucky because at Michigan State, me and Hildy were talking about it. Like you just couldn't, you couldn't eat there all the time. It just made you so sick, and it would just do terrible things to your stomach. It's one of those like, well, you're better off just not eating at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We were we were definitely lucky for sure. Now, with being on the topic of you know switching from Bush Lights and Natty Lights and all those you know high quality light premium lagers. Today, I know you're big into the different breweries, and I'm sure there's a ton down south. We have a bunch out here in the Midwest, especially Michigan, but I'll never understand it. And maybe Kyle's different, and I don't even know Kyle's opinion on this, but I'm just, I'll just never understand the fasc- uh, fascination with IPAs because every time <laughs> I have one of those, it's just got that grassy taste. And to me, I think about it like when I have one, when I think about when you're like weed whacking and you see everything like on the ground, it's just a culture of weed and grass, weed, yeah. uh, weeds and grass. I'm like, that's what that tastes like. So it's funny you say that I was at lunch the other day and, and we were kind of, uh, we were talking to the, the guy that was serving us and he, he said something similar. He was like, yeah, I don't know why like guys need to feel like men if they drink IPAs and was kind of just chirping them because we, we weren't drinking them. And I was thinking to myself, like, I actually love IPAs, but I understand why people don't. And then I went and we got beers with, with my buddies after and I like pulled out a six pack of IPAs and I was like, yeah, I was biting my tongue when that guy was saying that. But, um, I totally get, get that because I actually used to be in that camp and, uh, without getting into it too much, if you try hazy IPAs, they're like a little fruitier and lighter and it's kind of a good gateway into IPAs, but they're definitely, definitely an acquired taste. Um, I, I understand that completely. Now with that being said though, Parker, I know there's a lot of, like when you walk into a brewery, it's not all IPAs. People will still do like a Pilsner. They'll do stouts, uh, IPAs, obviously, and a couple other varieties. 
what what's your go-to when you do walk in? It sounds like you're probably an IPA man, but you know, just yeah. So if they have like a, a hazy IPA, um, it's usually like a little little fruitier, um, but still has a little bitterness. That's usually my go-to. But um, I like just a, a pale ale, which is like a little less hoppy and bitter than an IPA. Um, Pilsners, I like to. Uh, I, I like to really try everything, um, but that hazy IPA would be my go-to for sure. Absolutely. So that's where we, we, uh, you know, differentiate a little bit. Yeah. What's what's your go-to? I'm not a man of culture. So, uh, (laughs) at this point still it's, I don't, I don't drink a ton actually. Um, so when I do, it's most of the time I'm just sending it. So it'll probably go back to Bud Light. You know, Trulies are in the mix now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You can't, you can't send craft beers. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I got no room to talk. Um, (laughs) But with that being said, do you ever do, I know some people have messed around with it because it's obviously a big trend in the, the craft brewing, but have you done any home brewing? Uh, I have not, but I'm actually for, um, for the paper, we're actually doing a cover story in a couple of weeks on home brewers here in Charleston. And I've talked to uh, about five or six of them and it's really interesting. It's, it's pretty involved, some of them. And I talked to a guy today who actually opened a brewery last year and he started out as just a, a home brewer with like the basic kits. So, um, I don't know if, uh, if I could do it out of my apartment here, but maybe, uh, maybe when I get a house someday, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, get some of this stuff and, uh, and really make Virginia mad with all my propane tanks and, and stuff like that. But, um, no, it, it's really interesting. And, and the, the guys I've spoken to down here, uh, they, they really know their stuff. So, yeah, like when you meet one of those guys, it's kind of like meeting a, a goalie gearhead. Like when you start getting them going, like there's no stop, and they'll tell you the ins, the outs, the whys, and why nots. Oh yeah, the one guy's been sending me like so many pictures um, <laughs> of his setup, so it's pretty cool. For sure. Now I wanted to get more into now that you're re- really writing about food and everything. I just have some general questions. Uh, do you think because I've like I, I'm a pretty big foodie guy and in Detroit, it's got an up and coming food scene where there's a lot of like independent, I don't know what you would call it. I guess independence, non-chain things, right? Yeah. Um, mom and pop type places. Do you always need to get the best or do you always get the best food from a five-star restaurant or could you go somewhere else? No, definitely, definitely somewhere else. Um, like five-star restaurants, you, you can, you can get some really cool stuff, but, um, a lot of times the undercover, uh, you know, in a strip mall places are, are some of the best ones. Um, and, and we're lucky to have a lot of that sort of thing here. Actually, Detroit, uh, that was kind of where a lot of my early memories are because I really got into food because, uh, my dad made me try everything. He was relentless. If I wasn't trying it, I was not eating. And I'm so thankful for that. And actually Detroit was cause in Pittsburgh, our circuit was Cleveland, Detroit, sometimes Chicago, but mostly Detroit to play Bell Tire, Honey Baked. And so those, uh, that was the city where, or not downtown really, but kind of the outskirts where, where he was really um, kind of torturing me at the beginning. And then by the <laughs> end of it, we were, we were enjoying some uh, Pakistani or uh, Thai or whatever um, on those road trips. Yeah, it's kind of crazy now because obviously it's been a while probably since you've been to the, you know, the Motor City. But when you go downtown, whether it's you want to get find a good ramen place or you're in Midtown and you want a shawarma or you want to go to Dearborn and get some good Middle Eastern food or you go to Mexican town and you get like really authentic Mexican food and dishes and like just you go to a food truck and you get uh, tacos like you just you can't beat it. And that's what I, I yeah. think a lot of people don't realize is you can get away from the chains but when you have people living in suburban life, that's just kind of the way things go, right? That's the way you're, you're wired. Um, yeah, I love, I love the food truck thing. I don't know how, how many of those you, you have out in Michigan, but since the weather's here or weather's good here, they're like always setting up at the breweries, but even like um, random places, they'll just, they'll just pop up and uh, you, it's kind of fun to follow them along on Instagram. And um, I, I definitely do that a lot. And they're, always uh super reasonably priced and a lot of times it's up and coming people uh that are that are trying to make it in the business so it's cool to support those those folks absolutely it's uh so i actually 
Scotty always hangs me for this because he even brought it up when we were talking to Kyle the other day. But I had left Vaughn for a little bit. Um, I was there for two years and I went to work for a place downtown Detroit. But like the city is so up and coming. It's, you know, there's so much business bustling downtown. The one big thing you see a ton of is food trucks. And one of my favorites, there was actually, I, I forgot what they called it, but it was a tater tot truck. So they did different variations of tater tots. So different dishes where you added like cheese, bacon and all this other stuff or a pizza tater tot. It was the coolest thing. But yeah, you see them everywhere downtown, whether it's tacos or other different restaurants. Sweetwater, they brought out like the best, best chicken w- or buffalo wings. But yeah, those are some of my favorites. And there's even, we have a lot of little spots in uh, Metro Detroit where you can, it's kind of a restaurant, but they'll pull in four, three to four different food trucks in the back. So you can go outside, hang out, eat outside, and you can eat from all these different food trucks and try a bunch of Oh, things. sweet. Yeah, that's a good idea. Another good spot, though, for food trucks, and Kyle's going to hate this because I always bring it up, but Austin, one of my favorite cities I've ever visited, all the different bars will have food trucks outside, but not like like you can't, there's no roads, so it's like they just planted it there, and it's the weirdest thing. They didn't yeah. in and leave it there. They're they're just behind this, you know, like they're closed in, they're fenced in. There's no way they got there. They just dropped a truck in. <laughs> yeah, I've heard great things. Uh, I've I've played in Austin. Well, it's kind of in Austin, but I didn't really get I get to spend much time there. But I, I've been hearing that I need to need to get out there for a visit because um, it, it seems like a pretty cool food town and just city in general. For sure, we'll uh, we'll line you up with Landon Bo. He's uh, he's knows his way around Austin at this point. Yeah, and, yeah, he's uh, been there a couple of years. Um, unbelievable place to go out and have a, a good time, and then the scenery and the food too is just great. The culture is awesome yeah. there. What's now, your What's your favorite food city so far that you've been to? Ooh, uh, let's see. I've got. A, I'm gonna stay away from from like the super obvious ones. Um, like the big cities, I, I mean, my parents live in New York. I've had great food there. Um, I've had great food in San Francisco, but uh, actually Asheville, North Carolina, which is down here yeah. by us, um, has some unbelievable spots. They've got a, a cool, cool little downtown area, um, some bunch of good breweries, but also some good trails and some outdoor stuff to do. And then... The other one I would have to say would be Portland, Oregon. Uh, went out there uh, last summer. Uh, one of my BC roommates that uh, used to play, he actually moved out there and, and they had an unbelievable food scene. So those two, aside from the obvious big ones, those two are probably two of my favorites. For sure. sure. Portland's a uh, hipster city, eh? Yeah, it really is. It really is. We we had a good time, and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, the uh, yeah, the memes that well, I see them occasionally on Instagram, making fun of people from Portland with like cuff yeah. jeans, high socks, Doc Martin boots on, like shady little mustache and a jean coat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you definitely saw a lot of that. <laughs> there's uh, there's truth to that stereotype for sure. My, one of my uh, good buddies from uh, college, he lived out there for a little bit, so. He would send pictures occasionally. I never got to go yet, but it'll uh, it'll come with time. Now, yeah. What's uh what's the best way to cook a steak there, Parks? Uh okay, cast iron pan, uh, sear on all sides, uh, liberal salt and pepper, and then finish in the oven. Let it rest. Slice, good to go. You do what you finish in the oven, huh? Yeah, yeah. See, that way it cooks evenly and that way you don't, you don't get too crispy on the outside. I, uh, that makes sense. Cause I tried, I was, we were doing cast irons the other day just to do fajitas mm-hmm. and the, like, it was so much juicier coming off of the skillet than when you take a steak off of the grill where it's cooked and dry. Yeah. And it was like unbelievably, it had so much more flavor cooking in a skillet than you did when you normally grill it. And I was blown away, and it's funny you brought that up. So is that what is that what like restaurants and steakhouses do? Yeah, so steakhouses they'll um, why it's so good in the steakhouse is that part in the pan they'll put like this much but like a massive pad of butter in and a bunch <laughs> of seasonings, and they'll tip the pan and get a spoon and just like spoon the butter over it constantly. So yeah. it's just con- so that's why they're so good. But that's usually the the preparation in a restaurant. Yeah. Anything with butter is good with me, man. Fried and butter. Yeah, I mean, yeah, butter and meat, that's that's what you need. <laughs> butter with a side of steak. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, uh, is it really that childish to order chicken tenders at a restaurant? 
Is that something you got to frown upon at this point? I, I try not to judge. I, I don't know if chicken fingers is, is my go-to in that department, but I will say I'm a big uh, nacho man. Like love, nice. love my nachos. Yeah. We got uh, a couple places here that do some really amazing barbecue nachos with uh, brisket on them. So I'm, Whoa, uh, what? yeah, my, yeah. And my fiance is kind of a nacho connoisseur. So we definitely, we definitely have a, a lot of, uh, a lot of nachos. Man, I've never had brisket on nachos though. That sounds yeah, it's, it's next level. Yeah. So I was gonna ask if your go-to is chicken or beef, but obviously it's brisket. Yeah, I mean, if given the choice, I'd say yeah. Now, if I if I ever if someone had said, "Hey, Everett, you got to be a connoisseur. Like, you got to figure out something that you can be an expert about." I'm not gonna lie; it would be check, chicken tenders, whether it's a chain or it's somewhere local in Detroit. I know who has the best and what they're gonna taste like and how they're breaded. So. Okay. That's well, hey, that's yeah, that's that's a good skill set to have in your back pocket. Yeah, it's great for 12-year-olds or like, you know, kids when they're ordering off the kids' menu. I can tell them exactly where they need to Yeah, go. yeah. That's about for it. For sure. Um, if you had to live off one chain here, Parker, like a food chain, I'm talking like uh, Fuddruckers, Red Lobster, Olive Garden, uh, maybe even you could throw Denny's in there. Um, if you had to live off of something like that, Applebee's, Chili's, TGI Fridays, and you could only, you had to eat it every day, who would you pick? Oh, man. See some of those ones like you're I, yeah, I have a list um, of places that I've vowed never to eat again in my entire life, and uh, I think right now it's at it's Olive Garden, TGI Fridays, Chili's, Applebee's, and Subway would be the short list. So if I could eat one chain, I don't know if this is cheating, but I I actually am a food, fan of fast food, so. Chick-fil-A down here. I freaking love Chick-fil-A. So if, if that's not cheating, I'd probably do that one. No, that works. That <laughs> yeah. flies. That yeah, Chick-fil-A is Chick-fil-A is big down here. Like you go in at you go in at lunchtime at a Chick-fil-A in Charleston and and there's a line out the door every time. <laughs> now, you made me think about southern things and I got to ask, do you have an opinion on Waffle House? A Waffle House is cool. I I'm into I'm into Waffle House. It depends. It's like uh it's like some of those other chains like depends on which one you go to like if you're in in the middle of like you don't want to go to some waffle but some of them you know most of them are, are, are pretty standard and, and solid and super cheap too yeah for sure for sure i gotta ask what do you what are your thoughts on uh dave portnoy's pizza reviews are they accurate or do you That's think a they're great biased? question you know i i i don't know to be honest i i i I don't really look at it as the, as the food aspect of it. I just think it's generally pretty hilarious. Like a lot of the stuff they do. So, oh, it's great um, content. yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if he, how accurate he is on pizza. I, I mean, I guess he has, he has had a shitload of pizza. So yeah. I, I, I guess I probably, he's probably had more pizza than me. So I should probably take his word for it. The only thing I'll never understand is the one bite. Everybody knows the rule. Cause he <laughs> says it every time and I'll say it, as after he's had a bite and then he'll eat more and then he'll yeah, eat the whole slice and it'll be like one bite everybody knows the rules. That's the everybody knows the rules part. Oh well yeah. I guess I'm not a I'm not a stoolie so I don't really get yeah. it. But that's all right. Um but no, I gotta ask though, follow up, what did those restaurants do to you to end up on a list that it's a never ever again in your life? Uh, I think <laughs> that's uh that's just I blame that on hockey. That's like years of being scarred uh from like eating those places just so much maybe that's the quad city maybe one of those was maybe it was olive garden but sometimes in pro hockey or even juniors you just like the whole team stops there and you're just stuck and even in juniors we would go to some of those places and we would only be able to get like one thing on the menu and you just it just totally ruins them forever so i, I think that's definitely what it is yeah have you have you ever been up through uh, New Hampshire by like Concord? To, uh, maybe if you're in prep school to play like KUA or any of the northern schools, or even in college, you might have passed it going to like UNH. But there's yeah. uh, the the oh, what's it called? There's like a like a truck stop diner on both sides where the it's like New Hampshire New Hampshire liquor outlet, but it's a huge like complex on the side of the highway. I, I've driven by. I remember the liquor store because guys would always point that out. But I never, yeah. uh, I never, I never, we never stopped up there because it was just for UNH. We were usually just doing yeah. quick little day trips up there. All right. Yeah. I was. I just know when um, I went to KUA, and then I also played 
juniors out east there. And like you said, both for prep school and juniors, like every single time we would stop to eat was at that like truck stop place. Yeah, I must have. I've probably eaten there more than anywhere else in my whole life. So I know, I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like juniors, we would do fazolis, like just places yeah. that aren't aren't that good to begin with, and then you pile them in like two, three times a week, and I mean, you just can't and do it do after it, a they'll while. They'll do it the way there and the way back. So yeah. Like- <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. Terrible. I can't remember where I was, but I'm 99% sure it was in Applebee's. We were on the road. We're at a hockey tournament, probably roller hockey or something when I was a kid. And, you know, it was one of those, well, you know, Everett, don't get chicken fingers or a cheeseburger. Don't get something heavy. Just have like pasta. So I got, they ordered me a grilled chicken, like pasta. And I don't know what it was. It was probably like Alfredo or something. But anyways, I just remember eating that stupid thing. Oh, it was so friggin' gross. And as I was eating the chicken, it was one of those where you bit into it. And it just felt like it was a dog toy, like rubber. Oh yeah, that is yeah. That's that's cringeworthy. That's nails on a chalkboard for me. <laughs> and that's where you just know it's just like one of those things. It's like yeah, never gonna never gonna order that again. And I'm gonna try yeah. to stay away from Applebee's if I can. So yeah, for sure. I guess we won't be getting any swipe up codes from them. Sorry about that. Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now, you know, Kyle has maybe met somebody. Uh, a young lucky lady in his life so if you had a tip for him parker what's the best like pairing for wine on a night out how do you kind of line that up um wine uh wine goes well with a nice steak but um you could also kind of do it as like a, a little appetizer do some cheese and meat if you want to get real fancy um so the, the, those are those are probably the, the two uh, two go tos. A lot of people down here like to do oysters, but um, yeah. I guess those would go with wine we're, too. But we're actually going to Asheville in uh, I think like a week. So what's your oh yeah? Well, you're after there. What's your favorite place? Uh, okay, the the one place we went uh, is called Rhubarb. It's phenomenal. Okay. Um, and then we didn't make it into this place. They usually have a long ass wait, but it's called Curate. It's uh, Spanish tapas um so that'd be that'd be a good wine place too yeah, and then sure. uh wicked weed and funkatorium those are two breweries um that are that are unbelievable and also actually have really good food too so sounds good I'll yeah it's a great it's it a great little trip yeah we'll get a review next pod <laughs> yeah yeah i'd love that now what's the best ice cream flavor uh mint chocolate chip really yeah, that's, I mean that's like that's like childhood. I don't discriminate against ice cream though. I'm, I I try to uh, try to keep an open mind. I'm I'm definitely into into my desserts. So, have you ever had Superman? No, what's Superman? So it's true. It's it's a Michigan thing, and it's like a mixture. I think it's strawberry, lemon, blueberry, and it's a big up north Michigan thing. And you can get it. You can find it most uh, places in the Midwest. Um, but yeah, Superman ice cream, it's delicious. If you ever make your way out here and you come visit okay. the factory or something, we'll, we'll get you hooked up. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to give that a try. Now, last couple questions here. We're going to go through a lightning round, Parker. All right. Speak for donuts. This is strictly for donuts. Krispy Kreme or Dunkin' Donuts? Uh, Dunkin'. Okay. Let's go. He's a boss. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't say that on here. With, yeah, I couldn't go Krispy Kreme on <laughs> Um. Now, I, I know you like Chick-fil-A, so I'm going to wipe that off because there's going to be Chick-fil-A yeah. versus Popeyes. But what about churches versus Popeyes? Uh, Popeyes. Okay. What about, wait, have you had Cane's? Oh, Cane's is good. Yeah. I've, I've had the, the one, honestly, though, I've, I think I've only had the one by BU, probably several beers deep. So it <laughs> definitely tasted better than maybe it would <laughs> normal. But um, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, uh, Canes is, is the bomb. <laughs> that, was, that was your first ever five-star rating. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ripping through a Canes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Burger King, Whopper, or McDonald's, Big Mac? Uh, Big Mac. Del Taco or Taco Bell? Taco Bell. Have you ever had Del Taco? Mm-mm. That's, never, yeah, that's I've like, never even heard of that. They they exist like in spots of the world, and I don't really know where. I've seen one occasionally, yeah. but yeah, they exist somewhere. Yeah. Last one, Whataburger or the famous In and Out. 
in and out. Oh, come on, Parker. No. Yeah, I, I got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> no. Although I will say the, the fries at in and out always disappoint me. I'm honestly, it's a snobby New York thing, but I think Shake Shack is better than. Oh, better it's than so those. good. Yeah, Shake, Shake Shack, Shack is, is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, we, we got to start mixing that one in because they built one in Detroit and it was right outside the office and I loved it. Expensive, yeah. but very, very Oh, expensive. yeah. Yeah, expensive it's like double well, the yeah. price of those others. Yeah. So with that being said, Parker, do you have anything else uh, besides the uh, the column you're writing for and everything you're doing uh, to plug? No, that's uh, that's about it. I, I do uh, I do write this little uh, hockey newsletter called Pregame Skate with uh, – with my buddy from college, uh, who, who has a couple other newsletters that he does. So, um, I, I just do like updates going on around in the league and kind of keep it pretty simple. You can read it in, in under five minutes. So, um, it's just a www.pregameskate.com. Um, and we're hoping to expand it into, uh, we've looked into doing some different things with it. Um, we've done a couple live conference calls. We've called them with some of our people we know in the game um where you know subscribers can call in and ask some questions so um kind of jamming on that on the side a little bit but um yeah it's uh it's fun to be able to stay uh stay connected to the game and uh we actually did for during the the uh quarantine one of our buddies who's a dj we did a, a quarantine concert we called it and we donated money to the east dhl player relief fund and basically awesome. this guy like set up a live stream uh dj thing and it was, it was pretty funny so that was like in the heart of the quarantine so it's good to have something funny to do on a saturday night absolutely that's awesome man congrats that's uh yeah. that's huge yeah next time you guys put out an article or something give us a tag we'll do do a little swipe up or something and we'll get the okay yeah going. that'd be great that'd be great but Parker, I just want to start off saying thank you so much for taking the time to teach us about food, wine, beers, and why IPAs are uh, not that bad. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks for having me on. Lots of fun. Uh, always love reliving the glory days of uh, Boston College. So um, thanks for thanks for walking me down memory lane with those. No problem, no problem. Be safe out there, Parker. And if you ever need anything, just give us a holler, all right? All right, I will. Thanks a lot. And thank you again to Parker Milner for taking the time to join us and give us a little insight on, uh, you know, some of the ins and outs of food. And I, I still never get over the whole, uh, what do you call it? Um, oh, IPA thing. I just, I can't drink IPAs. Yeah. Like, so I don't know. I'm glad you brought that up too, because during the time of the interview, I wasn't really dialed into that part of the conversation. I want to state glad IPAs, to hear that. They're, they're disgusting. They're gross. They taste like you said. Like it's like drinking like gr grass. It's You're just... a little late. A little late on the conversation, but yeah, sure. We well, at the time it didn't register to me like IPA because, um, I've had similar, like there's there's kind of IPA blends. I don't know if you've had those, but like they're yeah. not nearly as bad. And then actually, it was like this week when I was in Nashville, I tried like we did IPA like taste testing, and like I was I didn't even want to like take a sip because it just no they all taste like grass you could have been like one grass two yeah. grass with a hint of leaves three, exactly. i was gonna say one was like a grass. Hint of orangey grass and like <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah it was rough it was disgusting but yeah that's um that's how my weekend went um also kind of random here i don't know if we have time have you heard like this whole theory of like the world ending um i mean I, I don't know. I could always get into conspiracies with you, but supposedly like there's some back, there's some back conspiracies that no one has really brought to light of yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's one of those possible things where like, this could be the, the end of the world as they say. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I, I You're not a big conspiracy guy though. Are you? See, that's the thing. I am. I am. Except for when it comes to this, I think this is just like a complete load of crap. Like, well, moon landing. Yeah. Moon landing's obviously fake. Um, Seriously, aliens, you think that one's fake? Okay, aliens are obviously real. Um, there, I could go on and on, but and the world ending, I'm not buying it. 
I don't know, man. Think about before everything had happened. Think about before like coronavirus happened. Remember how many like volcanoes and things were shifting and wildfires are going on? Okay, I'll, I'll there's s- a lot of wild shit happening. And then the murder hornets, those were kind of like the lotus or the grasshoppers or lotuses. Like there's a lot of signs that lead up to this. It and I'm not be. I'm not very religious, so I don't follow that whole so like, that, that, that's what's kind of throwing seven me off. signs or whatever the, it is. The guy who the guy there's a guy who has like millions of uh like he posted a video on like millions of people viewed, shared, whatever this video on YouTube. Basically it's some priest saying he got uh, like visions where he was told the world will end like this year. And like, and, and everyone's freaking out. And I'm, I don't know. I'm, was it Joel Osteen? No, not, it wasn't like that big of a name. That's why I think it's like, I, I'd honestly, if Joel said it, like that's more believable because he's already well known, you know, but to me, this just seems like a pretty easy way to get your name out there. Uh, that Joel Austin guy's a little bit of a whack, but yeah, that's well, neither here nor there. But yeah, the the whole thing though is, I mean, let I, let's not get too political here. But there's so much misinformation that goes around on YouTube. So like this guy puts something out, and a handful of people believe it. Which I, when I'm talking handful, I'm talking thousands and thousands. And then it gets shared, it gets spread, and then amongst those people, they're in circles that like you know this could be believable. But you know, there's so many YouTube videos that have popped out. But I'm never one to say no. I'm never one to say, hey, that's completely false because I want to look into it and I want to question it before I can, you know, mark anything off the list. So it's an interesting idea. I really hope it's not the end. Um, You know, I'm only 26 and you're only like 21. Are you 22, Kyle? 22, yeah. Sorry, 22. I'm an old man now. Oh, man, just wait till you hit 26, you roll your ankle and you can't walk anymore, and then you're just <laughs> fat and, you know, it's it's the wheels are falling off the wagon. But with that being said, I still have many years to come, and I got, you know, this podcast that needs to blow up still. I mean, we're pretty big. We're a pretty big deal. We're the, like, wor- the world can't end until Between Two Posts is a household name. Yeah. I mean, even just a goalie household name. So Yeah. With that being said, on a positive note, we want to thank everybody for listening, tuning in, sharing, everything like that. We want to shout out uh, Chloe Heiting again, the winner of the Between Two Posts swag giveaway with a little bit of Bond merch in there. So anyone, if you're staying tuned or you have questions or maybe you have an idea on you know, somebody that you'd like to hear from, shoot us a DM, shoot us a comment. Drop it uh, below one of our posts and we'll, uh, we'll try and reach out to those goalies. Or maybe there's questions that you want to get asked or you want to ask somebody. You know, Let us know. We'll drop those in there. Kyle, uh, you got anything else for me? I think you kind of killed it right there. Hit everything. Killed it in a bad way? No, good way. Oh, thanks, Kyle. That's what, the, that's what the young kids say nowadays. No, I'm just kidding. Man, the, <laughs> four years, man. It's, it's a lot. Trust me. Like when I go back to Michigan State and all these kids look at me and I think they're in high school, but they go to Michigan State and then they look at me like I'm the old guy I remember. Yeah, they're like, what? <laughs> when I was there and you saw like a guy that looked like me, I'm like, man, that guy's like, what, 35 plus? And you're like, oh, back, in, this back in my day. Yeah, that's me. That's me now. Back in my day at Michigan State, we used to go to Rick's. Now all these <laughs> they're kids like, they're go like, to Rick, Rick's is a parking lot now. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. So, everybody, Marito here signing off. Kyle, well, I'll see you soon. See ya.